Was all this fear and anxiety worth it? Now that the CDC says those who did not get the mRNA shot are probably more protected from COVID than those who did get the mRNA shot just because of natural immunity. And after we were told to wear the face diaper for a couple of years, in fact, Washington State and our governor still has the emergency declaration on the books and still says we should all be responding to this emergency due to COVID, and it's been 900 days. So is all this fear anxiety worth it? Hello, everybody. I'm Janice Christensen, and this is The Tangled Angle. Here on this podcast, we address the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. I am a news junkie with a passion and interest in politics, government, and American history, and I spent 16 years in the halls of the Washington State Legislature supporting my husband, Dan Christensen, who is in the House of Representatives. Now with this podcast, I'm able to share and discuss what I've learned and experienced, along with some historical context of where we are on the timeline of history. The reason our government could shut down an entire nation because of a virus is because people were willing to be ruled by fear and gave up sound reasoning, gave up looking at the data, and gave up many freedoms and liberties for what they thought would be safety. In the state of Washington, like I said, our governor, Jay Inslee, still has us under a state of emergency for over 900 days. And this perpetual state of emergency is only left in place to keep those who are susceptible to fear and tyranny under his thumb. Every other state except California and West Virginia in the United States has lifted this emergency order. But here in Washington, it still remains in place more than 900 days later. This desire and craving for safety leads to tyranny and a people who are eventually ruled by tyranny. And this quest for safety that has been preached to us an elusive, hard to define, hard to determine from person to person, what is safety? It leads to an aversion to risk-taking and the growth of a person, a family, a community, and a nation. Self-determination and risk-taking have been sacrificed in the name of safety, and safety, this perceived safety or pursuit of safety leads to weakness, fear, a wanting to be taken care of as a normal state of mind. Individual and social flourishing can only happen if people are willing to take risks, step out of comfort zones, and be willing to be uncomfortable to accomplish tasks and goals that require risk-taking. To be bound up in fear and the promise of some elusive safety leads to poor decision-making and decisions made while in fear or in duress do not have good outcomes. People who are in fear and are full of anxiety do not make good choices. Some say that this way of living in constant fear paves the way for mental illness and for a totalitarian regime to come in and take over. Because those in fear think some benevolent government person or benevolent government dictator will come along and take care of them, while the opposite is true. But an individual, a family, and ultimately a nation are benefited if more people are willing to take risks and not serve the false god of safety and security. This risk-taking has built America. 
It's built roads, bridges, businesses, cities, states, and our nation. And for us as Americans to sit back hoping safety and security will accomplish what the peace that we're looking for, it does the opposite and sets up an individual or a nation to be controlled and ruled by people who do not have our best interests at heart. Many societies in our past did not think of safety as a primary virtue, but understood that risk-taking and building families and nations, which take courage, fortitude, and persistence, was a far more virtuous way to live than in the confines and the restrictions of this false security of safety. Benjamin Franklin, he was one of the founding fathers of the United States, and he was one of the drafters and signers of the Declaration of Independence. He said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. So Benjamin Franklin understood that if someone is in pursuit of the safety, they have to give up liberty. And he went so far as to say, this person deserves neither liberty nor safety. Courage and bravery in the face of danger has always been considered heroic by a free people. And not cowering in fear, far from danger, waiting for some benevolent government to come to our rescue out of our problems and challenges leads to a controlled people. It leads away from freedom. When a large group of people cower in fear and retreat for safety and hide in the face of danger, they will soon be overrun by a dictator and be ruled by those who will happily practice tyranny over them. In the quest for this safety, do you remember the ever-moving goalposts? Like, oh, get the mRNA injection, you won't get COVID. And wear the mask and keep the mask on and social distance six feet away from people. And don't be around grandma because you might spread it to her. And they had all these rules fearfully given out to the masses and people drank it in because they were filled with fear. And so people willingly obeyed. They gave up their freedom in quest for this safety. But then they moved the goalpost. They said, oh, you need a second mRNA injection. And you need to not meet your family for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And you need to try and work from home. And we're going to fire you from your job if you don't get this shot. In fact, they fired thousands of people from their jobs in Washington state. And they closed down businesses. There was over last count, 2,500 businesses, especially small and medium-sized businesses that closed and are forever gone because they could not withstand the locking down of a healthy people. So they move the goalpost and they say, oh, 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 wait, for more safety and for more security, you have to get a booster shot. So even though you got the first two shots, now you need a booster shot because we want to keep you safe and we want to keep you healthy. And so you need a second booster shot. And so now you need four shots, all in the name of fear. And those who desire this safety kept chasing this ever-moving goal, this ever-moving target, this ever-moving goalpost. And they love this because those who want control constantly move the goals. And did you ever notice here in our state, there was never a definite goal or definition of when we would achieve this safety, when we would achieve the goals that we were supposed to all be chasing by mask wearing and social distancing and getting all these shots and trying to, to achieve safety. Really? And here we are two and a half years later and the CDC says, oh, never mind. 
the CDC changes its mind and we're all supposed to shrug our shoulders and go, oh, okay, thanks. Thank you for protecting me these last two and a half years. Well, we have lost so much of our freedoms. Historically, the most prosperous and thriving societies and countries were willing to undertake risks for the reward. I think of ancient Athens, Greece, and these ancient Greeks held that freedom was the primary value, the primary virtue, with safety being a secondary value. These Greeks saw courage in facing danger as morally commendable. So did the Romans and the Roman Empire for about 500 years between 25 BC and 475 AD. They built the massive and amazing Roman Empire that lasted 500 years. In 19th century Great Britain, which ruled over a lot of the Western world in the 19th century, these people were willing to take risks and put safety and security as a lesser priority. And this fear and this desire for safety leads to anxiety, depression, and what we've seen in our nation is a, a skyrocketing suicide rate. As fear and a perceived helplessness paralyze people and stunt human flourishing. Alexander Hamilton, he was a New York delegate to the Constitutional Convention in 1787, and he was a major author of the Federalist Papers, which were a series of papers written leading up to the drafting of the Constitution and the, and the passing of our Constitution in 1787. He said, to be more safe, they at length become willing to run the risk of being less free. So he as a founding father understood this, that if we give up our freedoms to be safe, we will be less free. And if a society, in our case here in the United States, the government schools teach kids and their parents to live in fear, most recently a fear of the virus, these people susceptible to this fear and panic begin to openly want authority figures over them to give them an assurance of safety to protect them, provide for them, and give them an answer of how to alleviate this fear and to be the mommy and daddy and chief comforter to help them get rid of their fears. Well, this is an unrealistic and dangerous assumption about government and those in authority, because these people in our lives do not know us or have our best interests at heart. They're after control. They're not after alleviating this fear and this panic. These authoritarian figures only offer help to these fearful people to feel safe, and they don't offer any real solutions. It's just a lot of lip service. And actually, they do the opposite. They strip us of our freedom while giving us no safety, no assurances, and no security. And yet they even add to the, the fear and paranoia they have already created. During our government's terrible response to COVID, it shut down businesses, locked down schools, restaurants, bars and gyms, and churches, all the while keeping open abortion clinics, pot shops, and strip clubs. This makes no sense if their real aim and goal was to prevent the spread of a virus. The minute bars and restaurants were closed in March 2020 here in our state, I knew this wasn't about a virus, but an extreme authoritarianism rule over us or an attempt to rule over us. Never in the history of the world has a quarantine been required for the healthy. That's just unheard of in the history of the world. All through the centuries, when there was mass plagues, the Black Plague, the Bubonic Plague, quarantines were and should be for the sick. So the minute they quarantined and locked down the healthy, that was just a practice run for the authoritarianism rule that those who hate America want and strips our freedoms. It strips away our liberties 
And it's kind of a, a test run and a warming up to see how they can strip us of our freedoms. And when they ask the healthy people to wear masks, this does nothing for our health, but only promoted this visual display of fear and panic amongst society. If people were willing to wear masks, it shows that something is terribly wrong. And the government used this forced and required costume to be worn by anyone who would fall for the scheme, which only contributes to promote the fear amongst the people. I never wore this costume unless entering, of course, if I went into a hospital or a doctor's office. And I was stared down and given many dirty looks and rude comments. But this just, again, played into the hands of those who wanted a totalitarian rule because this display of wearing or not wearing the costume further fed into the whole point of this fear and panic and the totalitarian attempt to divide people, to divide us one from another, to make us fearful of one another, to judge one another. This is part of the plan to divide and separate a people by spreading fear to get them to agree to tyrannical rule. If a society exalts and deifies safety and forces mandates and requirements in the name of safety, especially on the healthy, and that does little for the safety that the people are seeking, This just makes us ripe for a takeover. We must be willing to take risks and face danger to preserve and promote values, life, emotional and mental well-being. And these are the elements that build a healthy society, a free society, and the virtues that our nation was founded upon, namely courage, fortitude, freedom, resilience, liberty, and risk-taking in the face of danger and uncertainty. The future needs to be viewed as opportunity and adventure instead of something to be feared, something that we avoid, and as we cling to any means available for this safety. And define for me safety. It's hard to define it. What does safety mean? Zero virus amongst us? What is safety? How can it be defined? And that's exactly what they love about it because it can't be defined. And so you just keep promoting it and nobody really has any metrics of when we actually achieve it. And interestingly enough, the motive of those who have displayed courage is care and concern for others and care for our future society. It's the opposite. Those who displayed courage, those who displayed risk-taking these last few years have shown a great care and concern for others and a care for our future society. These are the people who really care. A coward demands for his or her own safety, puts safety as the top priority and forces others to conform to their own neurotic ways. We've come to to label these people in our culture as Karens and poor Karen, if you've ever have a name of Karen. But these are withered and timid souls who insist on safety, but are willing to sacrifice all freedom, all liberty, and any free thought, and insist everyone around them also sacrifices their freedoms and liberties. So not only do they want it for themselves, these cowards demand it that everybody else show the same fear that they have. But the outcome of all this safety seeking will never achieve the safety that they are so madly wanting. As Friedrich Nietzsche said, The secret to harvesting from existence the greatest fruitfulness and the greatest enjoying is to live dangerously. And Jesus Christ said the same thing in John 16, 33. Jesus says to his followers, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 
So we need to press forward and shake off this fear and anxiety, shake off this clinging to safety that is such an elusive, undefinable, but forced upon us goal that everybody's supposed to try and seek this safety. So how do we solve this? How do we solve this succumbing to fear? I think as a state and a nation, we have to decide, let's go out and take some calculated and well thought out risks. Let's move forward. Let's step out of our comfort zones and take those risks necessary. Maybe it is getting involved with your local school board. Maybe it is getting involved in the elections coming up and giving money, helping to raise money for those candidates who will represent us well in local, state, and federal government. We have got to step out of our comfort zones for nothing good happens in a comfort zone. And we have to face these fears and we have to put aside this desire for safety and this desire to be taken care of and realizing that risk-taking and living dangerously and stepping out and being that voice of freedom and liberty is the path to a fulfilled life. We have to move forward. We have to stop succumbing to this and say, no more. We're done. We want to be a free people. If you like this podcast, please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you listen on, and please share it with a friend. The hardest part for me to watch what has happened here in Washington State is not what Jay Inslee has done to us. And it isn't even really about the lame and weak response of the state legislature to rein in the tyrannical powers of our governor. What's the most hard to watch is this over 7 million people who live here that have put up with it. Why are we not storming the gates of the Capitol? Why are we not protesting in Olympia by the tens of thousands, demanding our state reopen and that our governor lift this? Why are not we not flooding the inboxes and the email inboxes of our state legislators with a request to say, you were elected to serve the people, you're not serving the people, so please stand up for our liberties and freedoms. We're about to lose this state. That's what's hardest to watch. In all those years my husband was in the state legislature in Olympia, it wasn't the Jay Inslees of the world that really made us angry. It wasn't really the tyrannical people and the, the people who wanted a dictatorship, the people who loved socialism and communism. The hardest thing to watch was all the people who just said, okay, and took it, who just rolled over and said, I want my safety and I will give up all my freedoms for my safety. That was the hardest thing to watch.